You're listening to A Playful Podcast, where I talk about everything from the wonders of messy play to stories from my wonderful but messy life. I'm Mariah, and I'm the creator of A Playful Purpose, Learning for Littles, and I'm so glad you found me. All right, let's get this party started. Hi everyone, welcome back to A Playful Podcast. We're at episode eight, and today I'm going to be talking about Christmas in the classroom. But before we get started, I'm going to do my weekly check-in where I tell you a little bit about what's going on in my personal life and in A Playful Purpose life. My mom visited last week and it was really awesome. We went to Glow Gardens, which we loved and Andrew loved a medium amount. We binged Selling Sunset and we just had a really nice time relaxing together and her getting to know Andrew in kind of his more fun and more alert state compared to when they last saw him in August when he was really young. We are looking forward to our trip home at Christmas to spend some time with family, but other than that, it's been... um, a sad week for our family and I'm only going to record this one time and probably not edit it because I won't want to listen back so if there's breathing and stuff like that in it I usually edit that out but it won't be edited out of this segment so I apologize if that's annoying to listen to Um, but last night we actually had to say goodbye to our dog Ollie and it was a very hard decision that we've been thinking about for months and months I'll probably talk about it in a bit more detail once I've had a little bit more time to grieve and process, but along with our vet, we decided it was time to say goodbye just based on his history of aggression and reactivity that I've been honest about that we've been working on since I got him three years ago. But in the last six months, he has bitten Dave twice, and then yesterday he bit me twice, and just with his fear and the medication not working and the thousands of dollars on training not working, we knew that we'd kind of reached the end of our limits, especially with Andrew getting more and more mobile and him being fearful of Andrew. And it was just no longer safe to keep him. So we have a large Ollie-shaped hole in our life now. Sorry. And it's been hard. Um, Of course, it's very fresh. But we're just trying to think of it as he had a great time with us. It was too short of a time. We did absolutely everything that we could. And we have to put our human baby first. And his safety is, of course, the most important. So I'm just going to take a little breather now and uh, wipe my tears away. And then I'll get started with this episode. But I just wanted to let you know kind of where I'm at and why I'm not showing up on stories that much um, just because it's not really the right time for me right now to be going on and being really positive Um, but yeah 12 days of Christmas is still going on and I feel really happy about giving back to you guys and hosting that fun time to kick off the holiday season and hopefully in a few weeks we'll all be feeling much better in our family. Okay, so tears are dry, I've taken a breather, it's nice to focus on something else, so this podcast is bringing me a little bit of a break from the mental turmoil that we've been under just in our everyday life as we navigate this new chapter without a family member in it. Um, But anyways, today I'm going to be talking about Christmas in the classroom, which is a controversial topic, but I've noticed that especially this year, a lot more teacher creators and educators on Instagram at least are embracing diverse celebrations and there's a little bit less of an emphasis on Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Before I kind of dive into my TED talk of the day, I want to just be completely honest. Like I love Christmas. 
Christmas. This is very evident on my social media and it's very evident in my home. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year to my family. We have tons of Christmas traditions. We've already started the advent calendar tradition with Andrew. We have two Christmas trees up in our house, the rainbow tree that's in our playroom and our main Christmas tree. Our stockings are hung with care. We've done Christmas photos. I've just sent them out to be printed so we can put them on our wall. We listen to Christmas music. I've made gingerbread cookies. We're like whole nine yards Christmas over here. We get so much exposure to Christmas basically immediately after Halloween. And we see this in the mall, which we might not be going to as much right now. We hear it on the radio. It's all over the TV. And for a lot of us, it takes over our home. And for some of us, this brings up a lot of joy. It brings up wonderful memories. It brings up excitement. It brings up a sense of nostalgia and love for our family and love for tradition. But for other people, exposure to this much Christmas can actually be quite harmful. And this would depend on a lot of their background. Imagine if you had some sort of trauma that had occurred around Christmas time. Or imagine if Christmas only brought on stress to your family because of finances or because of time with expended family or because, quite frankly, the Christmas break coming up means that you're going to be spending two weeks at home in a potentially unsafe environment. Because of this, Christmas can be quite triggering and can be quite hard for a lot of our littles to handle. Don't get me wrong, I love Christmas, I have tons of Christmas products, and I do think there's a time and place for Christmas in the classroom. I just think that we need to be very mindful about getting too swept up in it, too inspired, and too excited, depending on the demographic of our littles and depending on the situations of the individuals that we're reaching. In my first year of teaching, I worked at an inner city school and it was a little bit of a lower financial demographic with community housing and a lot of wonderful families that just needed a little bit of extra support. And in the weeks leading up to Christmas, we noticed an extreme increase in behavior challenges. And this was largely in part to the fact that this two-week time period of being at home and without that safe space of school was quickly looming for a lot of our littles. And it took me shifting to a position of compassion and understanding to really see how hard Christmas was and how hard this time was for a lot of people. So while I see Christmas as something exciting and wonderful and I can't help but be excited about it and I would love to share this excitement with my littles, I have to be mindful that that is not the case for every single person around me and that I don't want to be causing any unnecessary pain or trauma to the littles in my care. So what do we do about this? Well, here's my advice. Number one, read the room. You can start by explicitly asking the families of your littles what they celebrate and what they don't. This is great because if you do it at the beginning of the year or even at any point in the year, it's really never too late. You can get a sense for what celebrations and traditions and holidays are important to the littles in your class. And this way, you can make sure to really focus on including all of them so that they feel represented and included in your classroom culture. Plus, it's so valuable for the other littles in your room to learn about traditions other than the ones that they celebrate, especially the ones that are so oversaturated around them all the time. This teaches them compassion, it teaches them that their belief system is not the most important in the universe, and it teaches them that there's a whole wild world out there that's ready for them to explore. It's also a great way to include families into your classroom and deepen that sense of community from home to class because you can invite parents to come in and share traditions or record a video or even send in a book or activity that represents that important time for their family. This brings up so much pride for the littles and they feel extremely connected and extremely proud to be sharing their traditions with their class. 
In addition to explicitly asking, it's important to be looking for signs, just noticing if there's an increase in behavior, looking for signs of trauma, looking for negative reactions in regards to anything that you're doing in the classroom regarding holidays, and just being mindful that our littles will show us that there's things going wrong in different ways than just saying, I don't like Christmas because yada, yada, yada. And finally, reading the room is important because it's really important to be following the interests of our students all the time. If you set out five tables about Christmas and no one really cares and they're doing their own thing, well, as much as those tabletops were probably great and you were really excited about them, it's not honoring the child to continue pushing those centers on our littles if they're not interested. We still need to be mindful of inquiry and interest even in extremely thematic and exciting times of the year. My second piece of advice for this is to try your best to achieve some sort of balance in your classroom. What that means is if you do have a Christmas tabletop, maybe you're going to have a Hanukkah sensory bin. Maybe you're going to have just a winter writing center. Maybe you're going to talk about winter solstice as part of your mindfulness routine. When you plan out a Christmas activity, try your best to balance it out with a non-Christmas activity. This just helps to balance things out a little bit and to create a more well-rounded program and to support everyone in your classroom in different ways. Again, our focus should always be in following the interests of our littles. So with that being said, if you have polled your class and every single person celebrates Christmas and there doesn't seem to be anyone who has a negative reaction to it and everyone is really into your Christmas centers, by all means, follow that interest. I don't want you to feel guilty about doing a lot of Christmas activities if that's appropriate for your class. There's always things we can do to add in a little bit more diversity of our programming and to add in a little bit more well-roundedness so it's not just Christmas, even when they are really hyped up about it. But again, I don't want you to feel bad about following their interest and embracing the Christmas season if that's what it really seems like they want to do. In fact, if your whole class is loving Christmas, why not make it into an inquiry? You can talk about Christmas around the world. You can talk about different Christmas traditions in their own families and beyond. You can work on literacy by writing letters. You can contribute to the community by doing food drives or collecting donation boxes. And it's a great way to tie in other celebrations from around the world by contrasting it to, well, we are really excited about Christmas, but did you know about Diwali? And then teaching them all about it. In the end, the weight of Christmas to non-Christmas activities might not be equal in your classroom, and that's okay. I just want to encourage you to try your best to expose our littles to all kinds of different belief systems and all kinds of different celebrations, and to be working toward having a semblance of balance. In my experience, they absolutely love learning about different celebrations. If you're listening and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed about knowing where to start with, including various celebrations, I have some tips for you. And this is going to be important because I know it's easy to just talk about Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa in December and then kind of wipe your hands and say, I did a good job. And yes, you did do a good job. Those are important holidays to talk about, but they're actually not the most important holidays. They just are kind of convenient to talk about because they align with the timeline of Christmas. So here are my second set of tips for you. Number one, start fresh in 2022. If you didn't talk about various holidays leading up to the January point of this year, that's totally okay. Let's get started again fresh in 2022. The first thing you're going to do is make a calendar of celebrations that are coming up. You're going to ask, 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 and ask again what is celebrated by the families in your classroom, and you're going to be sure to highlight those as best you can. Even if you're just doing a circle discussion, that's great. That's better than doing nothing at all. And I'm sure the eyes of that little who celebrates that celebration are going to light up. My next tip is to start some sort of celebration routine. 
I personally find that having routines and systems drastically affects my ability to follow through with that planning because the easier it is and the less stress there is, the more likely I am to commit to following through throughout the year with a plan. What I mean by this is perhaps you want to do three activities for celebration moving forward into next year. So for example, for Holly, you're going to do a book, a circle, and an activity. And then when Thanksgiving rolls around the next year, you're going to do a book, a circle, and an activity. And then when it's time for Hanukkah, book, circle, activity. Now it's Christmas, book, circle, activity. Now it's Eid, book, circle, activity. You're going to really focus on those three things for each celebration. This decreases our planning a lot and it makes it nice and consistent for our littles. And as I've said before, our littles thrive on consistency and they thrive on routine. I'm actually working on a product to help you with this. It's going to take me a while to get done because I want to make sure it's done very well. But what I'm trying to get done is a calendar of all the main holidays and celebrations around the world and then reference pages for you that have information about the origins of that holiday, different traditions that are celebrated, and some examples of activities. My goal is to have this ready for you for the new year, but it kind of depends on how a lot of things are going in my personal life and in my professional life. So I'll do my best, but in the meantime, I would really encourage you to at least look forward to January and see what's going on so that you can be sure to include various celebrations. And I'm just going to end this episode, which is a little bit shorter than normal, about the origin of sparkle and shine. And if you didn't notice, I say sparkle and shine at the end of all of my emails in my newsletter, and I say sparkle and shine at the end of my podcast. And I actually adopted this expression last year or maybe the year before around Christmas time when I saw a post about different things you can say instead of Merry Christmas. And it included happy holidays, of course, and a bunch of other expressions, including sparkle and shine. And when I saw that, it just resonated with me so much that I immediately started using it. And I just think it is a really great way to kind of encompass everything here at A Playful Purpose and everything that I try my very best to exude in my personal life. And I welcome you to start using it this holiday season if it aligns with you as well. My final note on this episode is that, again, I really don't want you to feel pressured or feel obligated or feel stressed about anything you've done in the past or that you're going to do moving forward. I always want you to focus on just being kind to yourself and doing your very best, which I know you're doing all the time. And that brings us to the end of this episode of A Playful Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, sparkle and shine.